Welcome to Jeff's World with Jeff Stein, the show that sees life through the eyes of possibility, purpose, and punchlines. Because in Jeff's World, we blow minds, enlarge hearts, and leave no man or child behind. And now, here's your host, Chief Executive Optimist and President of these inspired states of mind, Jeff Stein. I want to take this opportunity to begin the show by reminding everyone, including myself, that people are not stupid. They are just... (laughs) (laughs) Misinformed. (laughs) Ignorant. Is this some sort of Trader Joe's parking lot anecdote we're going to hear about now? (laughs) It's getting real in the Whole Foods parking lot. Um, I know. Trader Joe's, Whole Foods. People are not stupid. They are just more scared or enthusiastic than they are sensible. (laughs) <laughs> so you're saying it's it's enthusiasm and not stupidity that's that's driving folks yeah. these days. I think though there's a lot of misinformation and <laughs> yeah. uninformed people. Uninformed. Yes. And I'm even talking about, you know, Democrat how, base. How I can mean, you be, how can you be totally informed? Exactly, right? There's so much. I mean, then there's the people who think um, you know, the ACA isn't Obamacare, right? Right. There's a few of those. Yeah. Yeah. You know, (laughs) well, today on Jeff's World, let me tease this so that we don't get through segment the A block without having the teases. Today on Jeff's World, Syria. Yes. Ah, Let's just call it turd a turd. Uh, Syria. Also, Easter break for members of Congress isn't turning into the renewal of spring they were hoping for. It's not working out. Now they go out in public. That reminds me of that musical "Springtime for Hitler" in Germany. Springtime for Hitler. Oh, that's the producers. That's correct. We'll discuss that moment when we in life when we may be called upon to do something we cannot imagine doing. Talk about that. Eating eggplant. Exactly. The Senate has acted in abject fear again. (laughs) Speaker Paul Ryan made a visit to California, but you won't believe where he met with the people. And uh, that's teasing that. Nancy Pelosi versus Erica Ferriston in a political cage match for the soul of the Democratic Party. <laughs> <laughs> it's on. Oh, my gosh. A cage match. All right. Scoldy. Scoldy pants. Also the scoldy, <laughs> also the scoldy pants. The story that's everywhere. Flying the not-so-friendly skies of overbooked flights. <laughs> wow. You've heard about it probably. We'll, just, we'll jump into that in case you haven't. Please bring your passenger to a low position and drag them through the aisle. Thank <sighs> you. There's a little tease of what we're talking about. <clears throat> and the butter debate and how people are spreading and milking the argument. <laughs> and you, the puns. You did not. I did. You did. I did. Oh. I milked the puns. <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> it, you're just spreading hate. I am. <laughs> and then there was that, what was that? Um, was it Marlon Brando? What was that movie with the butter? <laughs> with the butter? <laughs> no. Oh, Last Tango in oh, Paris. There yeah. you go. There you go. There get, you go. Get, the, you. get the butter. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's also, another use for it. See how I have to start the teases immediately? Because it takes us the whole A block. Uh, also, a tale from the mouths of post-racial babes. Good stories there. Nice feel good. The top 37 things you'll regret when you're old if we have time. And we'll reveal the one man who can save the world, and his name is Scott. Dun, dun, dun. I thought it was John Cena. <laughs> no, it's not. Not John Cena, and it's not Jared Kushner, and it's all right. Plus, sprinkler timers and the Californians who love them. <laughs> and something we may get into, I hope to. I keep teasing it for sure. We have a, real, we have a whole story about that? We really? do. We do. 
And the rising issue of churchless Christians, something, uh, you know, I wince when we talk about uh, the religious issues in this country. And so I want to jump into that. I've been teasing this for several shows. Onward, homeless soldiers. No, that's not right. (laughs) Not exactly. Not funny. Sprinkler timers. Actually, let me just do that one real fast. I'll right. just take a second. Nice, nice, light way to start the show. You know, <laughs> thank you. Just keep doing that. Wow, he's really good at that. That's excellent, Jeff Hendrick. <laughs> you have a second life as a sprinkler impersonator. I'm a one man ADR machine, my friend. <laughs> so I didn't know this. In case you were in California, you didn't know this. There are rebates for sprinkler timers, first of all, if you didn't already know that. Oh, cool. Uh, but a particular kind of sprinkler timer, just different manufacturers. Thank you. Well, there it is. He's got the real deal. Thank you, Barry Funkhauser. Is that they they give you a rebate if you use these ones that are synchronized to weather and changes and, and through your phone. So it waters on a length of time and on a day and on a circumstance that matches the need, whether the days are really hot or rainy or anything. Oh, my gosh. What is the name of this app? I know. There's several. Uh, it's a, it's a several companies. I didn't want to endorse one uh-huh. in particular, but there are several. Look it up. Sprinkler timers that are that are linked to your phone, your iPhone or your Android phone. My God. And you get like anywhere from a 60 to $300 rebate for it, by the way. God, there is an app for that. There <laughs> is an app. So it actually pays for itself. Cool. Uh, and in, in here in Southern California, <clears throat> we don't have weather change. So exactly. it's very simple. It's ah, pretty ah. simple. Pretty simple. I believe also, too, here in Southern California, for every, I don't know how you measure it, square footage of grass that you pull up and replace. You get $9 either. for every square foot. I did, I did the turf replacement. And go. now I have a train in my front yard. A train, <laughs> as in a, a G gauge garden railway. <laughs> Excellent. With all drought resistant plants. That's I the love idea. It. Took the lawn out, put it in a train. <laughs> so you don't have to put a train in. It's not part of the rebate, but it does help. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So unfortunately, all the water that you were saving by not having a lawn is now you know going to you know train costs, train costs, rail <laughs> railroad workers, the town people, yeah, the farm, yeah, yeah. jobs. He's creating jobs. I am creating jobs. <laughs> I'm also creating loiterers, as you can imagine. You put a train in your front yard, and toddlers and forty-something males uh, will almost always stand there for some time watching. Cool. Come on, about just stand here and watch a train go by. Sure, yep, so. Right, well, no isn't that why you put the train that in is why I put the front there. yard? Did Otherwise, you would have just put it in the backyard. Exactly. People say, "I love your train. I love that you love it." I did it because oh, you toddlers. love it. It's 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 train of dreams. If you it's build the it, they will come. It is exactly that. It's it perfect is. though. You mind if I watch your train? No, it's only twenty dollars. <laughs> and they'll hand the money over without even thinking. That's right. Because it's money that they have and peace that they lack. We are quoting Field of Dreams if you hadn't caught <laughs> yes, that one, yes, Erica I Ferris. I did, turned. I did. Dad, wanna have a choo-choo? Oh. <laughs> so when we come back, Nancy Pelosi versus Erica Ferriston in the not-so-friendly skies when we return to Just World. Thank you all. Welcome back to Jeff's World. I'm Jeff Stein, along with Erica Ferriston and Jeff Hendrick and Barry Funkhouse, Executive Brian, and Internet Georgette. Yes, it's a large team. It's well-funded. <laughs> so we, uh, we have a massive organization behind this show. That's right. It's a big Huge. organization. You'll never see us all. <laughs> We're out there like Indians just creeping around waiting for the stories and the issues. Speaking of organizations, <laughs> or really disorganized organizations, uh, the U.S. Senate. Was that a segue? Not really. Uh, well, kind of, sort of. Kinda. U.S. Senate has now officially made Judge Gorsuch the an associate justice on the United States Supreme Court. And uh, I don't think of myself as being particularly partisan, being raised by Eisenhower Republicans in California, Democratic California, but um, eh, they stole that. I'm sorry. 
They stole it. Uh, the Republicans stole that one in terms of you know installing Merrick Garland at Garland for a year. We've been here, but you say, well, why? You know, why did this happen? People say, oh my gosh, they went nuclear. I'm so surprised. Uh, not surprised. Not surprised. Um, I think that's one of the themes of the show where I started out and I said, you know, people aren't stupid. They're just, uh, you know, they, they're more uh, scared or enthusiastic than sensible. And in this case, they're scared. You know, if you were a white male, hey, I'm one. If you're a white male and you're looking around at America right now, America, uh, you could easily convince yourself that your way of life is going away. Now, of course, everybody's life is a way of life is going away because change is constant and pervasive. That's what's going on, y'all, right? I mean, this is probably the most uh, changey <laughs> circumstance in our, in, our, in our existence you're, ever. You're, I, don't think you're framing, I don't think you're framing the sentence honestly enough. It's not that their life is changing. It's that their grip on power is changing. Well, yeah, I mean, it's the, pa- less to, yeah. The, the the old white male patriarchy is is dying off. Yeah. Period. I mean, just <clears throat> I'm not even talking metaphorically. I mean, literally, yeah. those old those old guys they're dying. Yeah, and the crazy <clears throat> thing and, about it, of course, is that whatever you focus upon, you receive. And if you're obsessed with the fear that your way of life is disappearing, then you will manifest the disappearance of your way of life. You will bring it about. You will contribute to that circumstance. Well, I'm curious, what do you think, if anything, that the Democrats could have done to yeah. have gotten Merrick Garland you know, confirmed or to have prevented this. Do you guys have any thoughts on that? Uh, you know, they could have, there were a couple dirty, quote unquote, dirty tricks they could have done. Like what? That whole slip them in during, with Joe Biden in the recess. There was a few little tiny windows yeah. where they could have slipped them in. He should have. But Although, it would have been just as cheaty as they, as the Republicans did. So it would have been, you know. Yeah, but he, he would have been our guy. But here's, <laughs> well, you're, yeah, you're right. You know, it's what, yeah. interesting. Well, He'd first been more of all, centrist. I had heard that that probably wouldn't have happened because they would have just sent somebody to sit in the room over the recess to prevent the Democrats from doing that. Yeah, there were only a couple opportunities, and they they could have tried to do it. But it was clear that— And so do you you applaud the Democrats for not being tricky and then giving us—I mean, not that they gave us, because we don't know that would have worked— I mean, do you do you yeah. say like they did the right thing by being above the board and let the other side cheat, even though we don't? Um, or do you think that, you know, at this cost that we're going to pay is so high, uh, you would have liked to see them d- d- do whatever yeah. it took to get Merrick Garland in? Go yeah. ahead, Jeff. You have a thought first. I think you're borrowing trouble, my friend. Okay. <laughs> I think you're borrowing a whole ton of trouble. We have no idea what Gorsuch is going to do. We really don't. And other conservative justices who've been appointed by conservative presidents have turned out to be less conservative. Yeah, they actually, when they most when most judges, when they rise to the Supreme Court, yeah. uh, back off their crazy. They get a little more towards the <laughs> Left middle. Left or right. Yeah, yeah, they do. And so we, we, don't, don't, know yet. we don't know yet. But as far as the, the strategic choices. <laughs> yeah, I disagree choices, with you guys there. No, I know. It's, I, it, I can it, tell you, I think we absolutely do know. Okay. You know, this is a guy who, right, remembered in the middle of his confirmation hearings, this is a guy who was ruling against um, disabled children. People. No, not disabled people, disabled children. children. Right. Okay. Yeah. He was saying, you know, there was a there was a case and and where that was basically saying public schools needed to provide children with disabilities, um, you know, what they needed as individuals to receive an equal and quality education. Okay. ADA. 
Right. And and he basically was saying, yeah, no, that's wrong. Uh, <laughs> they don't have to. They just have to require the minimum, not taking into account any individual needs at all. And the Supreme Court ruled against that. Um, this is a guy where we had, you know, the clips on the show where the gentleman was going to lose his life, was going to freeze to death. Right. And I think that went through seven courts with every single judge. Except Gorsuch. Except Gorsuch. <laughs> right. Ruling in support of this guy. Um, we we know how he feels about civil rights. He's not going to uphold civil rights. You've got right. he's, uh, he's, voter suppression laws coming up. You've he's, got he's, LGBTQ. He's, he's one vote. Yeah, fortunately, and it's the same vote as Scalia. Yeah, so, you know, so I don't, I don't. It's it's a net. It's not an. It's not a net loss or gain. It's an, it's a net zero, as far as the politics of the court. Yeah. Now, I, I Eric, I totally agree with you. I He's think a Scalia. Gorsuch, Gorsuch is a bag of poop. There, in, in a lot of his rulings, and he is a flaming corporatist. Absolutely, and religious, <clears throat> and kind of religious nut, but. So he so so this is interesting because I know yeah. you always cringe when we talk about religion. Well, I talk so, about when you bash, when you, yeah, when you brush Christianity tell, with Tell a, with me a, with how a, he's a, a, you use the word religious nut. Tell me, tell me what, how you see him as a religious person. Yeah, I don't remember which rulings it, I was reading. Is he like a Christian or, <laughs> I, I'm asking. Well, actually, can I table that question? Because I actually, I want to go okay. into a whole discussion. Because yep. this is, there's a, there's a great study that came out. And I'm teasing it right now. Uh, where they talked about where the country is moving um, religiously, and it's pretty astonishing. It's not what people's definitions of who's Christian, who's not, and what it, it, it's not. It, it's not what people used to think. That's a bad tease. I'll have to, I'll have to pay that off later. Um, but I think you guys will find this this study revelatory as well. Well, I mean, but to go back to the original thing, I, I think the Democrats did, as the Israeli expression goes, a democracy must fight with one arm tied behind its back. I think they said, well, we're going to go ahead and obey the rules. We'll throw right, out the rhetoric. Right, we'll talk right. tough. We'll explain to people the damage this is. Because as, as Howard Feynman put it best, we are now, the Senate is now officially a parliament. It is no longer what the founding fathers intended. And this is an important part of the discussion, y'all, uh, because when it's, we made those documents originally, we're not we, I wasn't there. Right. <laughs> well, maybe I was. When our founding um, fathers. When those uh, founding fathers and mothers, by the way, they just didn't get any credit. Uh, they didn't. There was a lot of women involved no, in the no. process, <laughs> let alone like even Mrs. Adams of John Adams. I mean, he bounced everything off her and she set him straight on a lot of things. Oh, no. and, and then he goes and he goes, my idea. <laughs> right. Like, well, that's yeah. that's typical. But yeah, but Abigail was a major player. Yeah. <laughs> She's a smart lady. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and so uh, but but they they that was one of their biggest complaints is because they had obviously a monarchy that they didn't want right. to have. Right. And they also had a parliament, that portion of the lords of the House of Lords. And it was just not they didn't want it to be driven by partisan sways of whoever's in control for the moment. They wanted the Senate to be this deliberative body. And of course, they didn't originally conceive of the filibuster. That came later. That was something that, again, senators came up with to make sure it kept the process so that the minority, whether it was religious or voter or anything or racial or gender, would still have a chance of voice. Right. And, and so Mitch McConnell and Harry Reid because Harry Reid technically got rid of the, the nuclear, did the nuclear option with the lower judges. Now, of course, you would argue that he did that because the, the Republicans blocked every single judge. There were something like 60 vacancies at the peak yeah. of Obama's 
uh, in the in the in the federal benches, and it's like they just were blocking judges because they wanted him to go away until they you know, they wanted to be empty until he was done. But they did it with yeah. Merrick Garland, of course. Seventy six so, filibusters. Yeah, it was exactly. So it was nothing During new. Of course, it was president. Uh, yeah. And the Democrats, you know, uh, you know, did as best they could with the circumstances. But and you say, well, they didn't get punished for it. It's like you let somebody steal until they get caught. Well, what's caught? Caught, unfortunately, is getting voted out. In a democracy. Well, but unfortunately, with Supreme Court, there is no getting voted out. Yeah. And and the the this Neil Gorsuch from his past rulings is um, very hostile <laughs> to women's rights. Yes. Uh, voting rights. Labor rights. Labor rights. <laughs> racial rights. LGBTQ <laughs> rights. rights. And I don't know uh. if like when you say he's a religious nut, you know, if that's where he's getting, you know. His, his version of his God version of this is why we should be hostile to women and and people who um, are LGBTQ. But I will say, if you look at his rulings, he seems to interpret the law in quite a cruel manner. Yeah, yeah. And 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 and. I know it is. And it's, that it's a, is scary. That is your concern. That is my concern. <clears throat> yeah. I can see it. But, uh, it, but again, um, it's it's not changing the overall um, demographic of the court. It's still going to be five conservative, four lefter liberal yeah, leaning judges. Yeah, the court's essentially and the he's same. he's not a one man band. So yeah. he he the real fight begins <clears throat> if RBG, you know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, retires or something. Yeah, you know, that's when it's like okay, now we're actually going to change the court. You know. Right, because because Obama's replacements were basically liberal replacements too. When he when he put in Sotomayor and you know so anyway, uh, Elena Kagan, um, <laughs> it's a it's a representative of our tribalism. I mean, this is what we get, right? But is it tribalism? I keep coming back to the religious question because okay. it seems that a lot of people in positions of power in our government who wear their religion on their sleeve. Yeah. It happens that most of them proclaim to be Christians yeah. and they and yet their their legislations, their rulings yeah. um, are are quite um, it seems to me the opposite of what Christianity teaches. So yeah. um, I, and and that, you know, I can be, you know, pegged for. Uh, I don't know, being unfair to Christians, but I'm just saying what I'm observing. Yep. Okay. I say we get into it then. Well, I'm stop teasing it. Let's talk about it. All right. Well, then let's talk about the governor of Alabama. (laughs) Wow. Robert Bentley. Robert Bentley. And uh, hey, quit shaming me for my affair as I stomp around in my pious shoes. Yeah. If you guys didn't follow this Uh, one. Oh, my word. Um, he got in trouble. He, I won't play the tapes and things. They're too hard to hear anyway. Uh, but he's saying these icky kind of, you know, it's just. Bless our hearts and other parts. Yeah. And he takes, plays himself off as this kind of pious Christian. And then he's fooling around with the, I don't know, the mistress or whatever. No, what's the, what was the, I don't even know who the woman is now. I don't even know what the, the context was, but, but he was, uh, and, and there's these, these recordings of him being very, you know, romantic-y, gushy, and it's very embarrassing and very icky. <laughs> and he's he's thrown around a lot of political muscle uh, to the, fight it, to fight it, and to silence people. And but his own Republican, of course, obviously this is Alabama, so everything is Republican controlled. Well, they're in the process of impeaching him. They got two investigations: one with the, the Attorney General and one with the the, the State House, and he's doomed. 
because he used taxpayer money and he did he broke some laws in the process of hiding it and then trying to pressure and basically blackmail others to hide it. And so Christian, no, none of those things were terribly Christian. And then he went into full victim mode, like, oh gosh, I'm just the one being attacked here. Yeah. And again, it's the same thing. Uh, they have an old expression: don't uh, commit a felony to cover up a misdemeanor. Mm-hmm. You know, and boy, did he do that. Yeah. I think for me, it's the hypocrisy yes, that it it, that enrages me the most in in all of when people are loudly proclaiming their Christian values, including people who voted for Trump. Yeah. And talk day in and day out about how Christian they are. And, um, and, you know, you could have an, somebody who's smoking crack and breaking laws who claims to be a Christian and they'll uphold them as a good Christian person, whereas another person is a contributing member to society paying their laws, but because maybe they're not a practicing Christian, they're just, uh, I don't know, a drudge, dread on society. And, and yet here they are, you know, criticizing Michelle Obama for wearing a sleeveless blouse, but no problem with Melania Trump wearing a G string and, you know, posing on a, on a, on a plane and then the, with the seventh deadly sin of greed, right? Or whatever. So um, I, it, it's it's that that just really gets to me. Yeah. And I, I I feel like in my eyes, um, they've lost credibility. And by they, I don't mean the all Christian people, right. but right. certainly those who voted for Trump. I think it's time for a King, uh, a King Jeff version of the Bible. Right, King, Jeff's, King, King Jeff's world. King, King Jeff's world version of the Bible. Yeah, let's... Uh, <laughs> and I don't even care about the affair, but I care about the using of taxpayer money and the lying and yeah. Yeah. But then going out there and condemning others while... Well, it's, yeah. it's the same thing that Mark Sanford did, um, the former governor of uh, South Carolina, when he right, got caught on right. the quote-unquote... congressman. Yeah. yeah. The Appalachian so Trail. Rewarded for it. Yeah, I know. Remember, he was uh, using taxpayer dollars yes, to hide uh, his affair. With his Brazilian bombshell. Yeah. So when we come back, uh, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and just give you those numbers then. Let me uh, tell you some of these things about where Christianity and religion is going in this country, which may explain the disconnect when we return to Jeff's okay. World. Thank you for listening to Jeff's World. I'm Jeff Stein with Erica Ferriston and Jeff Hendrick and Barry Funkhauser and Executive Brian and Internet Georgette. And uh, we thank you so much for listening. On uh, See us on Facebook, please. As always, Twitter, that sort of thing. You know how it is. The powers that be, they are. They think we're cooler if we have bigger numbers <laughs> on all those topics. As many numbers as possible because it's all about your how many people you have that aren't really listening to you but have liked you. So uh, <laughs> we'd, uh, we'd, appre- we'd appreciate it if you'd make us uh, Facebook bigly. That would bigly. be great. Make us Bigly on the Facebook. Speaking of Bigly, how about <laughs> that uh, Trump uh, travel expense? Huh. In just 80 days, Donald Trump has already almost uh, a few bucks short of doubling Obama's annual travel expenses. Like, That's incredible. Yeah, it is incredible. In 20 days, almost doubled what Obama spent in a year. In a year. On an average year, of course. Uh, and, uh, and he even traveled with his kids. Is there? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm I'm still listening for the outrage from the right on this one. Anyone? Bueller? Yeah, no, there's outrage. Bueller? You just got really? Yeah, Where? yeah. Well, here's the thing: Where? is it? I mean, I mean, you know, we're we're all watching the punditry, and uh, I'm actually quite impressed with my fellow Republican friends who are speaking out and saying, "Hey, you know, no, that's crazy. I'm still on for these conservative ideas, or da 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 da." But uh, that's that's just not conservative at all. Is it? Aren't there conservative <laughs> ideas? Um, don't they always say that they're fiscally conservative? So how is that how is that aligned with their 
fiscally conservative is, is not, ideas. I know. It's it, not aligned. It's not aligned at all. Uh, I, it, it has <laughs> That one, of course, is completely lost from many facts. Um, alas, as soon, well, it started with Reagan and, and Bush won, of course, and they started running up the deficit. And we were like, oh, well, maybe they're still fiscally conservative because they're this and this and this. But by the time we got through George W. Bush and now we're into Trump, there's just no indicator at all, plus the aggregate over the entire uh, And you know district. why? I mean, these W... Second or third generation spoiled little kid. Trump, second generation spoiled little kid. This, it's never anybody's money. It's not their money. It's OPM. It's other people's money. So they, it, there's no consequence for blowing it. Yeah, as you guys know, I resist prejudices and trying to put somebody in a box. But my God, if we got a pattern of... <laughs> If you if you're born in the money bubble, you just don't quite get it. No. You know, it's hard for you to get it when you're in the money bubble. I think that's true. Yeah, it's just the way and it is. And I don't think that's... Um... So there's uh, I, I again, I think that's an observation. I mean, when you see a pattern occurring and I mean, you can have understanding for it. I yeah. mean, if they're growing up and they just, you know, buy this and buy that and buy that and never pay attention to it, why would they when it gets to another realm? So right. it's not that they're necessarily bad, but they're ignorant. I remember once um, there was, um, gosh, I can't remember her name, female comedian, had her own show for a long time. But she got to a point, and I think she grew up, you know, with impoverished circumstances and then became famous. And um, But she realized at one point, you know, she was having her hair done at her house and all of these things. And she realized, God, she didn't even know what a quart of milk cost anymore. Yeah, you lose sight of it. So you lose sight of it and you (laughs) that just becomes very normal. Yeah, yeah. And, And unless you have somebody or some way to bring you down, hey, let's take a look at this. Let's take a look at, you know, what is, you know, acceptable for spending. Let's take a look at what people have spent in the past and look at where you are 20 days in. Yeah. This is. Yeah. No, I have a a very short list of friends that I've told if I ever get really famous and start doing stupid things, they have my permission to hit me in the head with a shovel. That's nice. Those are good friends. (laughs) Just find out who your friends are. If I'm getting frosted tips in my hair and I've got another Lamborghini in the driveway and I've got a, I'm dating a 19 year old, kick my ass. Yeah. (laughs) Tell me me to cut it out. Yeah. And and, and metaphorically, that's what they're doing. Frosted tips in your hair. So the uh, in addition to the money bubble, there's a religious bubble too, ah. and and that's what we're okay, so learning. Is, so is... we get into these big these studies. Okay, so over the past decade, uh, pollsters have been just watching, and they Americans have been fleeing organized religion. Church going just keeps going down, and interestingly enough, the vast majority of Americans still very much believe in God, but that uh, the share that that rejected any religious affiliation kept getting bigger. In 1992, 6% of people said they had no religious affiliation, right? By 2014, it was 22%. 22% is a big number of people who say, I don't have a religious affiliation. And among millennials, it's 35%. So the next generation really doesn't have a religious affiliation. So, so hold on. Don't we have a millennial here in the house? I think she qualifies. I Are think you a millennial? Do you Georgette? have a religious affiliation? Do you have a religious affiliation? I do. I she do. says off mic. We have to get her near a bike. Second the bike. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I say that I'm Catholic, but I'm really conflicted because. Catflicted? Lot... Con- yeah. <laughs> Because, <laughs> That's exactly the laugh it deserved. <laughs> because um, it goes against everything I believe. 
So that's tough. Did yeah. you go to Catholic school? And I didn't go to Catholic school, but I go. I went to church every Sunday with my family, and I still go to church every month, once a month. But with your family still by myself. By yourself, uh huh. Oh, that's, Im- that's impressive. Do you, do you still do confession? Uh, no. No. Okay. No. So I grew up Catholic, and I went to Catholic school. Mm-hmm. So I really get being in that tribe. Yeah. Yeah. And and um. This, it probably feels like this no matter what tribe you're in, be it Catholic, you know, Jewish, Muslim, Hindu, whatever. There is this sense of, like, we're the biggest, baddest, I mean, coolest. Yeah, sure. I mean, and, and when you grow up that, like, going to school, I mean, that is just... Who else has a pope? Indoctrinated. <laughs> Nobody else like, got a pope. <laughs> so... I, th- I think there... I think... Are there the, other popes? I think the Greek Orca, Greek Orca has, has their own pope. Has kind of a pope-like dude. <laughs> he's not, but he's not, not he's the pope. Like he's, he's pope-like, right? Yeah, pope-like. There is only one pope. You're right. Anyway, That's sorry. funny. What? So, you but know, I but I feel for you yeah, in that place of identify. questioning like, yeah. and wanting to. So it's it's interesting. I so mean, what what happened, which the researchers have found, is really fascinating. So everyone's getting more kind of secular and less religiously affiliated. And they thought, they said, oh, well, this is interesting because it's actually uh, raising gay tolerance. It's raising marijuana tolerance. You know, there's these different things that have happened, but it also has actually made people more tribal and more against each other. And it was also divided Wait, into two. Wait, what has? The, leaving the religion? Peop- or the, the leaving religion. Has made people more Here, religiously tribal. Yeah. Huh. Weird, right? But check it out. All right. So, uh, for instance, they said they did a poll uh, back before, you know, during the primaries. Trump trailed Ted Ted Cruz by 15 points uh, among Republicans who attend religious services every week, but he led Cruz by 27 points amongst those who did not. And so, when we come back, I want to break this down some more. Obviously, we're going in the back of a break here, but. Um, the point is, is that it became this division. There's almost two kinds of Christians, which is what's confusing, I think, my co-host, too. There's the Christians who actually go to church and actually are doing Christian Jesus-like things. And there's the Christians who don't go and piss people off. We'll be back. <laughs> we'll get back to Jeff's world. <laughs> You're listening to Jeff's World. I'm Jeff Stein with Erica Fairston and Jeff Hendrick. And uh, we're talking a little about religion and trying to sort it all out. I think these are important discussions because this is part of the big factor of, of, of what's dividing us and uniting us. Another thing they discovered in the study, culturally conservative white Americans who are disengaged from church. So they're not going. There's the ones that aren't going and a lot aren't. It's, that's one of the things that's most amazing about these numbers they discovered is a lot of folks, especially in the Bible Belt, still very much profess to be Christians, but they don't go to church anymore. Uh, they just pick out the parts of it that are more tribal, and they've ignored the parts of it that are more based on community and shared responsibility and lifting the least among us. Oh, Lord. Well, so, let's get them back into the churches, people. So that's my point. Culturally conservative white Americans who are disengaged from church experience less economic success and more family breakdown than those who remain connected, and they grow more pessimistic and resentful. So one of the downsides of people not going to church who they're still professing this uh, angst of Christianity, but, I bet but they're that... not having the community of Christianity, and it's making them be more resentful and angry and tribal. But I wonder if there is a subset of that that are uh, that they are white Christians. Yeah, it's mostly white. Is what we're talking feeling, about, obviously. Uh, 
that get more pessimistic and resentful. Yeah, because rather again, than Latino or um, Black Christians, because I yeah, I was looking at a study that um, th- that um, it, it's the white people who are way more pessimistic and resentful in these circumstances. Yeah. So what breaks my heart is uh, I don't care if you go to church, don't go to church, but you should be engaged in something that A, is, you know, spiritually uplifting. It, is, it improves your sense of community with your fellow man, that, that the value of love and goodness and that also, again, the big part of the community makes you feel like you're part of something. Those are extremely important. And so I know a lot of my friends on the secular left are like, yeah, churches are going away. This is good. We're getting rid of those, those obnoxious, hypocritical churches. But what we also lost in that process was that sense of community and the part of the preaching that said, love thy neighbor. Mm-hmm. Because now they're just staying home going, I'm a Christian. You're not. I need to eliminate you. Mm-hmm. And that's where it got bad. And so, and and I think we exacerbate it when we say, ah, those damn hypocritical Christians again, or whatever. We try to like say that one group or another is is more guilty than for doing that. When in reality, it's just. So I think we could say, oh, those damn hypocritical religious people. Yeah, that makes me feel better. Well, <laughs> it does make me feel better in the well, sense that I don't go. like to single out any one religion or any one thing because it's not the circumstance; it's the uh, the choice to I be more fear than love. I think that the reason why you hear that more often like oh those darn hypocritical christians is because it is the christians that are predominantly in positions of power in this country that are inflicting uh harm among the people in general absolutely nobody no religion um owns hypocrisy they're all full of hypocrisy but I think that's why um, you hear more of that in this country, because they're the ones that are in power and are, you know, taking away health care, putting more lead in the water. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, ready to go to war. Yeah. I mean, we're basically talking about, again, a division between uh, good Christian folks who are trying to lift the least among us and the American Taliban. <laughs> yeah, which is, is effectively the difference here. And a because lot of, there and is a portion of the religious folks that are just trying to beat you over the head for not being part of the tribe, and they're not really reading the book that they're professing. And a lot of them are in the Senate. And, and, I wonder and in the if House. they thought, like, God, it but bothers me. If, if they got what they wanted and every single human being in the world yeah. was in their Christian tribe, like, what does that really do for them? I mean, there would still be, like, even, I mean, job competition and right, right. i mean i don't yeah. like i don't get that yeah well it's like the uh what is the uh jehovah's witnesses believing there's a hundred thousand people that are going to be in heaven yet they're recruiting every single day right <laughs> i mean they know, should stop at nine hundred ninety nine thousand. be like you know what? we're good <laughs> we're good because yeah because i don't want to be booted out of heaven since there is a you know a limit apparently <laughs> yeah i mean uh, they may just drag your ass out of there like it's a united airlines flight so oh there's our segue that's beautiful. <laughs> it's good. I, we should move off this topic anyway. But we'll keep coming back to this because, hey, this is a big part of our evolution right now. We've got to figure these things out. And again, I don't think it's a religious problem. It's a community problem. We're losing our connectedness. And that's what makes me sad when I, when I hear people aren't going to church as much. Is because you need something that reminds you you're part of your community. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you just watch your television shows and hate the guy next door who's. Well, you then, know, yeah, then go work at a food bank. You don't have to go to church. No, exactly. If you that's know, your form of spiritual. 
Spirituality, go volunteer go at the library. Go volunteer at your local elementary exactly. school. There are a thousand ways to help your fellow man. They've got nothing to do with religion. Well, yeah, Find anything way. getting yeah. into like the community, like, yeah. be it through uh, you know church, and that was always. Um, my favorite thing about church was being a part of a community. I also liked singing all the songs. <laughs> that was That's fun. important, though. That's um, part of the picture. You know, where else you get to sing? Yeah. Um, unless you're in a musical. But um, but yeah. I always liked that um, that aspect of it. Um, but yeah, there are. But is whatever way you're getting involved in your community <clears throat> and not just sitting in front of your TV, whether it's going to church or volunteering at the local library. It's it's important and that will help you feel connected. Yeah. Even stop even, playing video games. Even walking around your own neighborhood and waving and smiling at yes. your neighbors is a huge form of engagement we just don't do anymore. It's weird. And the yeah. best way you can do that is to canvas for a candidate. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I just put a train in my front yard. I, but uh, I've done <laughs> <laughs> But that works too. You've I've been- done phone banking, and then I've also done canvassing, which canvassing is just simply walking around a neighborhood and knocking yeah. on doors and giving your pitch. But canvassing is so much more relaxing than you would think that it wouldn't be. But a phone is like, again, it's an isolated yeah. experience. Yeah. Right. But canvassing, like you're seeing people walking dogs, you're saying hello, you're getting into conversations. You're like, oh, I live in the neighborhood. Oh, my gosh, me too. Do you have any kids? It's it's really, um, you're listening to the birds. It's really, it's, it's a good use of time. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot emphasize enough. The DSP, as they call it in the woo-woo world, the daily spiritual practice, something that reminds you that there's more to you than just, you know, you're just not just this puppet running around and bouncing around on a pinball machine like everybody else feels. You want to feel like you're part of something because you are, by the way. Okay, so we will, we'll stop at that. Um, speaking of which, of community, like you were segueing into, Hendrick. Yes. Wow. Um, <laughs> let, let's just play the track 30. A, a, what happened was United Airlines oh, I mean, Jesus, yeah. decided that their flight was overbooked. They needed apparently four seats for some employees to uh, to take on, and they couldn't uh, get anyone to volunteer. They went, asked for volunteers, which I thought was okay. We've heard that before. We've all been on a plane when they said, we're taking volunteers to whatever, and yeah, they'll you, usually you, offer some stuff. Right, you get a little swag for that. Yeah, you get a little, little <coughs> price, a little ticket, whatever. Yeah. Uh, after our team looked for volunteers, one customer refused to leave the aircraft voluntarily, and law enforcement was asked to come to the gate, the airline said the statement. We apologize for the overbook situation. Further details on the removed customer's should be this is the funny part. First, they said further details should be should be directed to the authorities, and play the clip. Shingen says this. Well, I should tell you, yeah, it's video. A, a Chinese gentleman who said, apparently was a doctor. He didn't want to go. That's just a piece of uh, fun fact. He was volunteered in a lottery to be removed, and when they came to get him, because he said I'm not getting off, he and his wife, the police uh, had to step in, and this is kind of what it sounded like from cell phone video. And here he gets grabbed. By them. And now they're making. They're dragging him along, and uh, he's got his shirt half pulled up. He looks like it's an episode of Cops, and this guy is, you know, your your Chinese doctor. Your, and and he's being dragged out, and you can hear the reactions from the the folks in the other seats. Going, oh my God! What are you doing to him? What do you, you know? What's going on? I, I've never seen anything like. It. Did you see the video yet, Erica, or not? No. I haven't. It's pretty. But this st- is, you know, what private corporations can do: charge you 
I mean, that's terrible. He's being dragged by his arms, and he goes completely limp uh, I don't, for whatever reason. And he had an, a wound on his face, too, that he was bleeding from, that apparently uh, when they were pulling him out, he hit the armrest or he hit something. And he's being dragged out of the plane by his arms on, like a, as a body, just goes limp. Now, they apparently let him back on the plane. Um, and they did try to... To give them some money. Apparently, it says the amount was increased to $800, and passengers were told the plane wouldn't leave until four people volunteered, and nobody wanted to volunteer. Now, this seemed like a plane problem, not a passenger well, problem. Explain something to me. Once you're on a plane, you're good to go. So, if they're, asking you so. To, if they're asking you to give, your, give up your seat, who are they giving the seat to? Somebody not on the plane. Well, they're giving it to employees because apparently they need to get some employees to another airport. That well, was then, part of what. Uh, it, it, then fly them on another damn plane. And to me, you just keep raising the price. If eight hundred dollars doesn't give you, because here's your choice. I, I know they're regretting it now. Oh, you God, know yeah. they're regretting it now because they said we should have given them two thousand dollars. This is the same airline press. that wouldn't let a young lady on because they judged her yoga pants as too revealing. Correct. That's, that's correct. They've done a few of these. But this is things. just like you know. Th- I mean, everybody talks about how government is inept. This is a private corporation. They charge what they want. They take your money. And this is the kind of service they give you. And you have pretty much zero recourse. And by the way, Neil Gorsuch doesn't believe that the courts (laughs) as a place for uh you know consumers issues like this to to uh you know get Redress. Redress yeah. for. Yeah. He absolutely doesn't believe that and would rule in favor of United Airlines like he did uh, with the, the trucking, trucking company. company. Yeah. I know. Yeah. So, quote, for, this: we just got a, a statement from Oscar Munoz, the CEO of United Airlines, says, quote, this is an upsetting event to all of us here at United. I apologize for having to reaccommodate these customers. Whoa. Reaccommodate. Reaccommodate? <laughs> right. Damn, sorry we had to beat you and drag you down the aisle. We're oh. just reaccommodating you. And it was an wow. ugly scene. You, know, you got cops pulling. Anyway, our team is moving with a sense of urgency to work with the authorities and conduct our own detailed review of what happened. We are also reaching out to this passenger to talk directly to him and further address and resolve this situation. I hope that's sincere. Uh, <laughs> and so who are the flight attendants that called the cops? And who are the cops to treat this I civilian who made the call. Yeah, in this who manner? Made the call? I guarantee you it's the flight attendants. Well, they... I never heard of them doing a lottery to decide who the volunteer is going to be. They usually just keep raising the price until they get volunteers, and they usually get volunteers. Yeah. And and I'm sure, again, in retrospect, they would have spent $2,000 a passenger if they'd known it was going to run into this PR disaster. Oh, man. Because this is everywhere Well, right now. I, I want this tweeted out on our on our info. Yeah. yeah. It's a million-dollar disaster. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it is, because it's going to cost them more in a lawsuit. Exactly. Oh, God. It's just, it's, I you know, am never gonna fly united airlines it's it's the unfriendly skies yeah (laughs) i know it says uh i love these tweets Uh, hey united i'm thinking your overbooked issue is gonna fade away you may have underbooking issues though (laughs) never Ah. flying united airlines ever even ari fleischer you know republican weasel from the i don't mention it but i'm sure he's a nice guy from the bush administration i would not want to be air united airlines right now an astonishingly nasty, astonishingly nasty move for United. We screwed up an overbooked flight. Oh, so oh hey, there's a guy. Let's beat, beat him and drag him off. You know, yeah, it's it's, yes. yeah. it's, it's, it's amazing. Uh, it's horrifying. It's a hard thing to watch. But anyway, it's another day in America. 
Uh, but are, see, are we great again yet? We <laughs> are we great again? Well, I me, think we're getting greater by the moment. <laughs> <laughs> so when we get to the next tower, it will be a little less cynical, a little less sad. Uh, I'll even tease the butter thing when we return to Jeff's world. Welcome back to Jeff's World, the second hour. I'm Jeff Stein with Erica Fairstead and Jeff Hedrick. Uh, Executive Brian's here, too. And uh, so is Internet Georgette and Barry Funkhauser, at least for the moment. Barry Funkhauser, we're sending him on this uh, crazy excursion. He's going to go uh, go to Alaska. I don't know what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. No, he's going cross-country. We're not going to tease him. He's going deep into the darkest reaches of the Congo to retrieve one of our parties. Yes. Good luck, Barry. Godspeed. <laughs> Godspeed. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we, we've been outbid by another, uh, another radio host who's going to take him around, needs him needs him on the road, which is going to be good. It's a very exciting thing. We're very, very happy for oh, you, Barry. I'll come back with a tan. Yeah, nice. What? Wow. Okay. I'll try. All right. <laughs> all right. He will be out in the sun. That's all I know. Cool. Uh, so Syria. Oh, good times. There's not much good to say about that. Uh, you know, I, on the on the Facebook Jeff uh, Jeff's page, Jeff's World page on Facebook, I went ahead and put this great thing that Ezra Klein did of a. It's a video explanation, five minute explanation of what Syria. Right. So, so you can kind of see that. It's I, a it's a cluster. You know what? Yeah. It, so that's there the right term, are yeah. at least 11 separate wars being waged yeah. in Syria at one time. So whether it's between the Turkey and the Kurds, Saudi Arabia and Iran, yep. the U.S. and Russia, and you know who's suffering the consequences? The Syrian people. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Michael Ian Black had a great tweet. He says, if your, fa- if your family was being gassed by the government, would you try to escape? If your nation was a symbol of freedom, would you take them in? You know, it's just that simple. Well, that's that's the thing that I find so ironic uh, 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 and, and moronic about the bombing campaign, uh, such that it was, is that this is the very country we're not accepting res- refugees from. Really? Yeah. So we're probably going to make a couple more when we. Uh, and I I also heard that Ivanka actually called for the uh, the bombing. Oh, it was her bombing. It was, it was her bombing. That's why the <laughs> the runway was virtually untouched. But man, did they blow up the Nordstroms there in Syria. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Good night. Thank you very much. That'll teach you not to sell my crap. That will teach you. Kaboom. Yeah, I love this one. Uh, Samuel Sinyangwe, who uh, sent a tweet out. How do you waste $80 million, provoke a country that has WMDs, fail to even disable the airfield, and still get applauded by the media as being presidential? Yeah. Well, and I know that um, somebody was saying off the air that they felt that Trump was really moved by the deaths of these children. He talked a lot about the babies. The and, babies. They and, killed babies. And that's what that's what it moved his heart to um, inform Russia ahead of time that he was going to drop <laughs> these missiles on an air base uh, that gave them plenty of time to evacuate their people, uh, yeah. which did absolutely nothing to oh. either stop Assad from hurting uh, the Syrian people 
Um, and and the airbase was up and running the next day. And if, and by the way, Trump tweeted uh, a couple of years ago, tens of millions of dollars in airstrikes in Syria had no impact because key leaders fled after hearing news reports the strikes were coming. Dumb. That's what he said. And the same thing happened. Yeah, there's another great Hannity tweet about golfing and a president and a Syria strike and and here we go. So tell years, us about uh, Donald Trump's love of children. Well, no, but I, I was going to say, if if it was true that Donald Trump really cared about these uh, Syrian, Syrian children, yeah. he could lift the ban that he placed yep. on Syrian refugees coming into yeah. this country, including children. Um he could he could fund the five billion that the UN uh, is saying that they are in desperately in need of to help the humanitarian crisis. Yeah. He could work with Russia to come to a ceasefire in that country and work for a political solution. But the truth is, you know, he doesn't care that these children are drowning in the waters of the Mediterranean trying to escape Syria. This yeah. is to me. This is just. Um, he wants to look tough against Russia, although it was leaked that, you know, he was working with Russia and told them ahead of time. It's a Don and Phony show. It certainly is. All it is. You know who he did lose of his supporters, though, interestingly enough, Donald Trump? The alt-right. Richard Spencer. Super racist. Remember the one? The yeah, Zeke yeah, Heil yeah. yeah, he they went out and protested. They went to the White House and protested. He said we they were chanting, we want walls, not war. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's a really interesting wow. thing. The, the alt-right does not want a war with Russia. And by the way, I don't care who you are. I just yeah. don't want war, period. Yeah, there's an idea. Yeah. Let's, I mean, let's so try diplomacy. Hey, well, well here's so the th- I can support them. I can support the alt right in in that <laughs> shared goal. Of, no wars. I don't want war with North Korea that he's constantly yeah. provoking, or Russia, or yeah. Iraq, or Syria. Uh, enough is enough. This yeah. this airstrike is technically an impeachable crime. That's correct. Follow me on this one. If it was Obama, they'd have lost their freaking minds. Right. But follow me on this one. Go ahead. Donald J. Trump owns a good chunk of Raytheon stock. Yes. Raytheon makes the cruise missile and the Tomahawk missile. Yes. Raytheon stock went up through the roof yeah. as soon as he announced he was firing 56 of them into Syria. Yes. So that's Donald correct. Trump. 59. Don't listen 50, to Pardon me. Three. So Donald Trump personally profited yeah. from this military action. Yeah. Personally. That's exactly His, right. And that violates the emoluments clause of the Constitution, and it is an impeachable crime. Yeah, that's correct. Period. But and not by, if you're a Republican. Yeah, if you control Congress, you don't, then, they don't then, go after it. But you're exactly right. They were at $1.4 million apiece, yeah. and yeah. the stock went up, and he is personally uh, profiting yeah. off of that bombing that he did, and more to come. And, and by the way, U.S. drone strikes killed over 200 people in Mosul just recently. Yeah. Um, uh, we're arming the Saudis that have led the catastrophic situation in Yemen where one child is dying every 10 minutes. Good so times. He doesn't, he's not moved about these children. When we come back, uh, <laughs> we'll continue How with about that. Brian Williams glorifying weapons of death? All right. What changed last night? 
I think uh, Donald Trump became president of the United States. Really is pretty incredible when you think about how many times Syria has gotten away with using chemical weapons without us responding. The rap on Barack Obama was that he wasn't tough enough. Trump has made it clear, I will act. Mm. This is great. We didn't wait for the UN to pass resolutions to do nothing about this. 77 days into his administration, President Trump said, you know what? I'm flexible. Last night, the Obama era in American foreign policy ended. Bashar al-Assad probably thought that he could keep going like this. Uh, tonight, that comes to an end. There is a kind of morally affirming element to this. Donald Trump has restored the credibility of American power. And I believe he was genuinely moved yeah. by those pictures of dead babies and dead children. I think he takes that kind of thing seriously. We have a president now who took swift and certain action. He chose to act. They see a strong, decisive leader who has had success in leadership. This is not like Kentucky basketball, one and done. This is a very big message. It will send a message. We did send a message. Incredible message. Pointed message. Strong message. Loud message. President Trump saying, how do you like me now? If there was a way for him to kill the narrative that he's in bed with Putin, it would be this. We see these beautiful pictures. I am tempted to quote the great I'm guided by the beauty of our weapons. We have cruise missiles. We love the Tomahawk. These weapons hit what they're shooting at. 59 Tomahawk cruise missiles will do a lot of damage. We destroy the weapons storage bunkers. We are very good at that. This was a brilliant strike. It was done quickly. It was well done militarily. Good day for the Navy. And to do that while he's having dinner with the Chinese. I mean, you said, did he tell him over the salad bowl? <laughs> As I understand it, he told him over the creme brulee. Having Dover Sole or New York Steak. How cool is that uh, to actually make the Chinese Politburo sit through uh, a, a night of American targeted bombing? That's right. Do you consider this a victory for him? Oh, yes, I think so. So there's the, there's the Warhawks. They went crazy Jeez, with it. Welcome Louise. back to Jeff's World. Jeff Stein, Erica Ferriston, uh, Jeff Henrik. And yeah, right? I know. It Who just was makes- that guy? Uh, he's a Fox News. That was that was on Fox and Friends. So we that, that montage, obviously, with the with the nice war music there, was put together to kind of just show how this is. And 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 in this room, this will go over well with my co-hosts because um, we have been obsessed with war in the military for a very long time in this country, longer than other countries have. A lot of other countries who have been through serious wars. How can you like say? World war how II. can you how can you even say that? When well, we, not longer than other countries because they've been around no. longer. How can you say but that I mean, when we've only had 17 years of peace in this country's existence? Exactly. How can you even make I, a case about that? I don't know how that. I make that case. Uh, <laughs> but that's I think part of the problem with Americans is that uh, you know the reason folks like in France or, or Europe or other who have gotten over this is because they've actually had been occupied by actual <laughs> enemies. Uh, for extended periods of times, and it changes your perspective. Here in America, we've had the Spanish-American War, we've had the Revolutionary War, but we've never had to, had. Well, an wait issue. till Trump provokes North Korea and they send <laughs> nuclear bombs over to California, which I'm sure those on Fox and Friends would rejoice at that. Yeah, it's pretty ugly, and you and I played that clip so you, so you knew what Erica was talking about when she referenced Brian Williams, you know, kind of romanticizing a little bit there. And when they talked about the Chinese while he was meeting with the Chinese, Xin Chong, I can't remember his name. Dang it, that sounded like I was Xin Ping. Yeah, thank you. And uh, he's sitting there announcing, his, you know, doing his strikes while he's with China, and his supporters are like, ah, oh, look at that, see? And they even heard him bragging about it. Well, guess what? Chinese state media went right back 
at the same time he was doing that, was slamming his airstrikes, calling it a weakened politician flexing his muscles like a spoiled child. So while he was thinking, oh, yeah. we got the best of the Chinese. No, the entire Chinese population is reading about what a impetulant, whiny child and who sends his missiles. I'd love to hear Trump from is. any of those um, entertainment correspondents what that bombing did to save Syrian children. Yeah. Again, said, he yeah. he got Russia's permission ahead of time before he did it. They evacuated the people they wanted to evacuate before he profited off of that bombing. It's so what, I see how it benefited him. But I, how did how does that how does how does that do anything asking, to protect these children? You're asking a rhetorical question. You know, it doesn't. It doesn't you're do right. anything. I'm, I'm <laughs> also uh, just uh, just a one little quick do, note on the on the prophet of Raytheon. Uh, yeah. uh, they just an, a memo just leaked out saying how while no one was paying attention, Donald Trump took back control of all of his financial interests. He quietly did that, too. And so they've put him, they put in a, a brief, they filed it with the New York State that said that he's back in control of his uh, of his finances. Tell me what that violates and how impeachable yep. that is. There's so many impeachable uh, crimes that this man has committed, and yet here we are. You know what? I think he's calling the GOP's bluff, and he wants out. <laughs> you think, really? Okay. He's just going to keep piling on infractions until they finally get around to impeaching yeah. him? All right. <laughs> if you're, if you're yeah. going to let me get away with it, then I'm going to be out with it and get away with it. Yeah. Interesting. Well, sure. That's exactly right. He's, right. They said they didn't go after it, so he went ahead and said, well, I'll just go take back control of my money. If obviously you're not going to be concerned about conflicts of interest, I'll go ahead and just do it. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's true. I mean, he's definitely now, I seeing just ha- what he can get away with. This might have been brought up about Syria, but if we look back, where what were all these people saying when bodies were washing up on shore yeah. in the Mediterranean? That's what there that was Erica's point. It's like you was... care so much about these babies. Yeah. Lift, lift your the lift band. your band. Yeah. Lift your band. That you put on. Let them in. <sighs> no. But this isn't this isn't about babies. This is about bombs and bottom lines and money. And, and oil, because there's a big pipeline that's supposed to be built through Syria, and if they can yeah. just get some tyrant to get everybody in line, then they can get their damn oil. So, Stein, what I don't understand, and maybe you can explain to me, <laughs> the, the people who watch Fox News and Friends and, and that montage that you just played of all of these uh, faux news entertainment correspondents saying, like, yes, yes, war, war, bombing, yeah. good, go, more— what do the people watching this think that this gets them? Is it safety? Yeah. I think, I mean, you know, it's too oversimplified, right? They just think they feel like, same as 9-11, or we want revenge. You hurt somebody, we want to smack you back. It's been the American way for far too long, too. Disproportionate response. But it's, it's the Syrian civilized, it's the Syrian population. So by bombing the Syrian population, that gets them the revenge for the children who were killed by chemical weapons. And, and that's another thing I don't understand. What does it matter if a child is suffocating from a chemical weapon explosion or a, I don't know what you call it, yeah, bomb cluster bomb explosion? Oh, gas is immoral. Uh, cluster bombs are okay. <laughs> I don't know if you got that, man. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, some, somehow we we were the selective of, uh, outrage yeah, selective is outrage. truly hypocritical. Yeah, it is. Uh, I, it's funny. Let's go ahead and let children die of lead poisoning in Flint, Michigan. Yeah, 
But let's be outraged about the Syrian children who, you know, and and I am outraged about all of it. You know, but I, the selective, you know, but but the but the Iraqi children who are killed by cluster bombs, yeah. not a problem. I think this has to do with everything they were believed to believe during the campaign about. It's not so much it's Syria. It's just that they're Muslims and they're evil. There's a lot of Syrian it. Christians. So people don't really look into, into a civilization of people. They look at it. Well, they're all bad anyway. Right. They don't. They don't. They don't look like us. They don't worship the same exactly. in, invisible man in the sky. So they've got to go. So w- there yeah. will be more. This obviously is chapter one for the Trump administration. This is how he's going to handle Syria, as as Erica pointed out, with eleven different factions. Syria is truly one of the ugliest proxy war oh, proxy a, war situations we've ever found mess. ourselves in. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't believe the list. Again, go on our Facebook page and give you it gives you a partial list of all the different um, part of the tr- part of the trouble is that we, uh, at least during when when W was in office, Condoleezza Rice was an old Cold Warrior. She was not a Middle East expert, yeah. and so we had a lot of people running around with access to military power who didn't really know all the cultural ins and outs and all the tribal ins and yeah. outs that have been going on in that area for it's thousands of years. Now. Yeah, it's, it's not black and white right, Russia versus U.S. Right, because the borders on a map are arbitrary lines dro- drawn by people who don't live in the region. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. It, like uh, the Pakistan uh, and India border cuts right through a tribal area and splits that tribe in half. Yeah, it's like, that's not going to fly. That's not going to fly. And that, they're not going to pay attention to some arbitrary line on a globe. Like, no, my ancestors have roamed around here for thousands of years. Yeah. This, is our, this is our turf. So that ignorance leads to really bad decisions, and really bad decisions lead to casualties that should never have happened. Yeah. So we, we got to get smarter. We don't need to get bombier. We need to get smarter. There is no military solution. More bombing does does not uh, solve anything. It doesn't make us safer. We can't bomb our way to peace, Erica. It, no, it <laughs> turns out. But but you can't. but oh, duck on it. That's this whole thing about living by the sword and perishing by the sword. But I heard something called a Bible. I don't know if that has any <laughs> relevance here. But um, so you know, maybe we should pivot we'll, again. Syria will be something we'll keep coming back up because uh, it's going to be uh, an issue for a while, no matter who the president is. Uh, but my, there sinc- is hope. my sincerest wish is that we don't get to talk about Syria anymore because yeah. it calms down. Yeah. What too. is the What is your hope? Or I, I, the have good news? Hope. I have some good news. Because um, okay. there's one man that can save it, according to Saturday Night Live. Uh, Louis C.K. portraying yesterday's track 12. Uh, it did a good <laughs> parody. I'll pay a little piece of it that kind of mocks uh, our uh, <laughs> belief in activism through social media. That's- Turned on the TV. What did he see? Blood being spilled, war in the Middle East. Refugees seek safety across the sea. But hundreds are drowning, yearning to be free. He couldn't sit by and do nothing. He had to act before it was too late. He shared an article on Facebook. And then everything changed. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Scott. You problem, Scott. You brought the struggle to an end, Scott. By sharing that article with 84 Facebook friends. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Scott. 
Scott. Oh, my God. We love you, Scott. We love Thank you, Scott. You. So you can imagine if you didn't already see it, Louis C.K. is Scott on the couch, you know, and he shares on Facebook, and now everything is fine. It's all good, everybody. Way to go, Scott. You know? Way to go. And they do a the whole thing. He changed his profile picture. You know, and they're just like, wow. Right. So. Oh, my gosh. So I guess the, the the part of that story is how lucky are we that we get to sit over here? We're not in Syria, so we get to laugh about it. But uh, it ain't over yet, people. It's going to get uglier. Um, also, <laughs> they had fun. Uh, we'll have to play this later. But uh, Alec Baldwin played Bill O'Reilly. Did a damn good job of it, And too. he played yeah. Donald Trump. It was yeah. a one-man I know. Uh, is is, is Alec Baldwin just a regular now on SNL? Yeah, at least like for the season. Like, just every week? Well, he said he wasn't going to come back next year, I guess, because he said it would be too depressing. Remember, we talked about that. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, he's... Uh, he does as, uh, such a good job. I can't stand it. I know. I hate <laughs> I know. I, hate I love watching him. I hate watching <laughs> uh, him. Uh, so, yeah, come on. Just give me give me track 11. Give me a little Baldwin as, uh, as Bill O'Reilly. Hi, I'm Bill O'Reilly. I hope you're having a terrific evening. <laughs> Subject of tonight's Talking Points memo is the scandal everyone's been talking about all week. A scandal no one thought I'd have the guts to address head on about the shocking allegations of abuse of power that have been leveled against the Obama <laughs> Of course. Of course. Let's bring in Fox News investigative reporter Lord Dewey with an update. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Laura no longer works at the company? <laughs> Did she yeah. get the check? To get the check. <laughs> okay, fine. I'm told we do have Fox News analyst Malia Zimmerman, who's normally in studio, but is now reporting live via satellite from exactly 500 yards away. <laughs> Malia, great to have you. Uh huh. Malia, you spoke to former Obama security advisor Susan Rice, and you told her, I believe she illegally leaked the names of Trump's people to the media, correct? Yes, and she denied it. So you asked her point blank. And she said? No. Okay, but when, you, when she said no, what was her vibe? Her vibe? Yeah, like when she said no, did her eyes say yes? Yeah, sometimes they'll do that. No, they just said no. Okay, but was it a firm no, or was it more like uh, convince me? Oh, man. Uh, can we do that thing we talked about? All right, so, terrific reporting, Malia. So what they do there? Thanks for having me, Bill. She changed her voice. He t- she turns to the camera guy and says, do that thing you told me. And they, you know, pixelate her and then change her voice. Thanks, Bill. So she would be no longer identified. So they uh, satire there. Got the got Bill O'Reilly. 60 advertisers have left. 60. Uh, it was interesting because when we, when we went to air uh, last week, it was 12 when we got on the air. It was 22 by the time we were off the air. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's 60. So that's called comeuppance. And it comes and it comes fast. So, okay, when we get back, uh, how's it going over in Brexit, interestingly enough? <laughs> and uh, the butter controversy. We must pay that off when we return to Jeff's World. Welcome back to Jeff's World. I'm Jeff Stein with Eric Ferriston and Jeff Hedrick. Yeah, we're uh, having some fun. I'm just making Brian crack up, that's yeah, all. Sure On the break. Brian over there on Internet George Ed and Barry Funk has it for one more show. Um, speaker Paul Ryan was in California, just a real quickie. And uh, his Easter pilgrimage, we jokingly call it, because he went to Universal Studios. So he didn't get to talk to him, didn't meet any voters, but uh, 
You got a lot of people kind of just, you know, yelling stuff at him at Universal Studios, I guess. Really? Hey, Voldemort! <laughs> nice hair! <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> Why couldn't he have just flown down to Florida? Right? I don't know. That's right? a Universal lot Studios, shorter. Florida. <laughs> and he'd be more welcome. California's more fun, I guess. I don't know. Either that or that's where he's meeting his Russian contact. Get yeah. it? Conspiracy uh, theory. Uh, uh, uh. I'm so, meeting Vladimir over by the churro stand. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you are listening to this uh, on the day, on the moment it's airing on Monday, you won't you won't have no. Maybe oh, sorry, bad setup. Tomorrow <laughs> is uh, another yes. election, and it's going to be a bit of a bellwether. Some places there's been a lot of discussion of uh, how much things are moving. The, the Democrats are hoping to pick up some of these special elections, especially the one in Georgia. Especially the one in Georgia. John Ossoff. Yeah. yeah. And buddy. if you've been following that at all, they have been throwing everything at him. They um, apparently, Al Jazeera spent some money to his campaign, you know, like anybody can. You can send right. money in, right? right? You know, the small amount of money, small donation. And they have just been running ads and mailers saying how he's completely working with Muslim extremist organizations and turning it into that he's basically uh, some sort of, you know, sleeper cell. They're making him sound like a sleeper cell. Good grief. Uh, it's it's unbelievable the degree of lying that is going on, but that's apparently how it works in our elections now. you got to be a more educated, uh, you know. It's funny because in France, it's also going on right now. There's a candidate running who is as alt-right as alt-right gets. And they have, but the difference is there, they just go ahead and meet with Putin. The candidate literally met with Putin yeah. <laughs> and said, yeah, this is what I'm into. I'm into uh, authoritarianism. Uh, whereas here we kind of try to hide it and be, be coy about it. But uh, She just flat out declared her love for the shirtless man riding a bear. She did. She did. She did. <laughs> she did. Love well, me some pootie. How could you not love that image? Yeah. <laughs> um, and meanwhile... They're in the UK. Every once in a while, you know, jump over to the BBC and see what's going on. Brexit isn't going well. Shock. No. Yeah. As, as one of the articles Neither there. Neither is Trump, but right. hey, it's happening. I think it was on the, uh, the uh, see what was the UK. I'm not sure which, independent. Anyway, it was just like the Republicans. The UK right now doesn't know what to do when it gets what it wants. <laughs> the far right doesn't, because they got their Brexit. Worst they got their thing. winners Ever. <laughs> yeah. They should have gone to see the musical Into the Woods. Okay? <laughs> because they talk about know what you want yeah. before you make that wish because some wishes come true. Yeah. Wow. It's important to. Uh, <laughs> that's I'm a telling good point. you, there's a lot of deep stuff in musicals. <laughs> yes, there is. <laughs> I had a whole revelation after wow. watching it's, it. Wow. It's true. All right. Into the that's woods true. last night. But that's go ahead. True. No, it's excellent. And uh, plus that, uh, oh, that made me think of another point, but I forgot already. But yes, they're having trouble. The Brexit, they don't, you know, you get what you want, and then you don't really know how to do the Brexit. They're like, oh, gosh, that creates a lot of complicated situations. Like, yeah! Yeah. That's what, yeah. It's the same with replace and repeal. Oh, what does that mean? I don't know. Well, I mean, it's just, we'll it's weird. Out. It's weird because it seems like um, the British people and Donald Trump have the same kind of thing happening. Oh, who know, you know, insert situation here would be this complicated. Healthcare, Brexit, foreign policy. Dude, Syria. Yeah, yeah, Syria. Who knew it would be all complicated? Like everybody else in government 
Yeah. Mr. Trump. Everybody yeah. else in government knew that those things were complicated and they needed a bigger brain than yours to grip on. Well, it. it's yeah. complicated when you don't just go for a uh, single payer because we already have the <laughs> Medicare system set up. Right. It's right there. It's already no. running. Isn't it funny? The simplest. It's to, not the simplest complicated. To, no, no, it's not. The it's just not profitable for insurance do. companies. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, but. Again, as yes. I teased in the beginning of the show, the Easter break, a lot of politicians are going back home. Uh, Tom McClintock got an earful here in California. <laughs> they uh, harassed him. At least that's his words. Harass him. They kept chanting, do your job. Um, they asked him about, you know, this, but ladies and gentlemen, this supposed to be a civil discussion. Be civil. Be polite. And allow people to have a civil exchange of ideas. Well, meanwhile, they're yelling at you. You promised me at the February town hall meeting in Roseville that the shift from Obamacare would be equal to or better. Shame on you, Tom. You've lost your integrity. They're going after him. And he tried to say, oh, no, the American Health Care Act is awesome. It can save $250 billion simply by the efficiencies that competition will return to the market, he said. I just I want to make sure no one suffers from sticker shock in a consumer driven system. Well, you can imagine they're. Result, they just. Yeah, what a, I like how Tom down. McClintock calls that being harassed. Okay, what these poor women experience with O'Reilly—that's harassment. Yeah. This is just being told uh, to do your job. It's your job as a representative to know what your constituents want. Yeah. And clearly, his constituents are not feeling heard. Yeah. So. What happens when people don't feel heard, yeah. they begin to raise their voice They get voice louder. Level. Yes. But that's not being harassed. No. Uh, Doug Collins of Georgia, Pat Tiberi of Ohio, all Republicans, Steve Womack of Arkansas, all getting hit. <laughs> talking, what, Steve Womack tried to respond. He says, well, we are the governing majority, and they kind of expect us to say, this is what we plan to do. It would be reasonable and understandable if my constituents demonstrate a level of frustration when I come back. You think? They're yeah, getting an earful. It's it's a it's a. Slow... When is Nunes coming back? He's probably not. He's no. probably staying in D.C. He's gonna hide. Even Daryl Issa down here in Orange County, not too far away. Uh, there's a clip. What, what track is that, uh, Barry? I think it's number. Anyway, he yeah, that's the rent of track 50. Uh, he you'll hear this ad. It's what they call a donut ad because they just put in other Republicans' name. A bunch of organizations are going after these Republicans as they come home. With this. Congressman Issa promised to protect our health care, but when right-wing politicians tried to pass a disastrous health care repeal bill that raises costs and cuts coverage, Issa wouldn't oppose them. Issa wouldn't protect us from a bill that raises premiums and causes 24 million to lose their insurance, wouldn't oppose a massive age tax on people over 50, and isn't fighting to protect coverage for pre-existing conditions. Tell Darrow Issa, stop trying to repeal our health care. Dang. That's the running in his district. Dang. So, yeah. Uh, when we come when back. When is he up for re-election? Oh, not again until, you know, 2018, of course. we did. He just barely squeaked after Appleton came out. Squeaked by. A few hundred votes. No more squeaking for Isa. In a district where no squeaking is necessary normally for Republicans. Right. They usually can do double digits easily. Easily. No more so, squeaking, you rat. If he votes for something <laughs> that kills health care, he will not survive his next election. That is quite clear. And he's not alone in that, which is why they're panicking. So when we come back, uh, where we come in on this, um, this we'll return to Jeff's The final segment of Jeff's World, as we all know by that sound. I'm Jeff Stein with Eric Ferris and Jeff Hendrick. And it's a little sad, but uh, we... Uh, I know, see, it always makes, always makes Hendrick cry. 
Well, well no, is, it's also this is the last show with uh, the fabulous very, Funkhauser uh, for a while. And that's, I know. Um, he's giving us some sort of surrogate producer, so which might be me. Uh, but uh, <laughs> he's going to take care of us. But either way. Um, so what I teased at the top of the show, too, about I think this is something that's, that's going to call upon many of us to do something we can't imagine doing and discuss the moment we may be called upon. And I was hoping this would kind of culminate a little more smoothly, but, you know, it's a show. We go all over the place. We have a lot of fun. But the, one of the underlying themes was that it's becoming more and more evident every moment, whether we're talking about Christians and the different divisions of Christians and we're talking about Trump voters, that the Trump voters are unquestionably going to be hurt the most by the Trump administration. Yeah. And um, this is a strange little reckoning. Now, of course, I immediately drew it right down to consciousness is mm-hmm. that if you vote in fear, uh, you act in fear, you go forward in fear, anything you do— uh, because you've reached revenge or anger just for a brief moment to make you take an action when you're really living in a pretty good paralyzing fear that your way of life is going away, your your ability to live and thrive is going away. Uh, that still is the pervasive belief. And so the manifestations are coming. Right. And the thing is, those things aren't going away. They're being taken away. Yeah. Okay. That's the thing when you say my lifestyle is going away, my, my way of life is going away. No, man, your job got shipped overseas. Your wages have been stagnant because we have an administration, several administrations that have refused to raise the minimum wage where it's livable. I read, I read an article the other day that the average person in Los Angeles needs to make $33 an hour yeah. to get a two-bedroom apartment. Yeah, There are no jobs that pay $33 an hour. Not a lot. Not, not enough. Not enough. Not nearly enough. Not nearly enough. And so, yeah, your lifestyle's going away, but look at the people. Take a good, hard look at the people who are taking it from you. They would rather shoot their kids than pass a minimum wage law increase, you know? Some of these folks. It makes no sense. And all the anecdotal evidence. Because they would rather be right than happy. <laughs> they would yeah, rather, rather be right than right. kind. But the thing is, every anecdotal situation, right? But every anecdotal situation where a city has raised the minimum wage Mm -hmm. has gone exactly the opposite of all the doomsayers. Absolutely, jobs, jobs, everybody's wages go up. Oh, great! Look at Seattle. No, Seattle's seeing some of its best economic times now. So here's my question for you, (laughs) Um, Stein. do you think, though, it takes a long time when when these policies are enacted for the actual consequences yeah. to show up? So the damage that Bill Clinton did, I mean, that took 10 years the crime before bill, that. For instance, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the trade policies, yeah. deregulating yeah. the banks, yeah. uh, the crime bill, uh, his welfare reform. That took like 10 years before it really hit home. And by then, he's long gone. And and so I don't know that uh, that Trump will or that they will see the connection between the Republicans uh, taking away their health care or uh, taking away EPA standards for water, because you know, and, and, and lead going into the water and all of that this stuff. This is... There, it's but we're we're living in a in a, in a much faster news cycle than we were yeah, twenty years true. ago. I mean, this that's is instantaneous. So yeah, I think it. I think that that time gap is going to shorten Erica drastically mm-hmm. between. Hey, he did this, and hey, that really injured my children. You know, yeah. there's there's not going to be that lag time anymore. Yeah, um, but yeah, you make such a great point, and I think that is true. But I think it's also it goes back to the point I was going to start to make was that this is going to be upon those like us who have s- tried to say, hey, Trump is not going to help you because 
when they are in trouble and there's going to be a lot of folks that are going to be in worse, dire straits, uh, it's going to be hard for <laughs> liberals and folks that have been screaming for this end to say, to not want to go, well, yes, what you deserve because you right, voted right. for this idiot right. and these idiots and you deserve it. And it's like, that's what we going to be. That's why it's going to be so hard because <laughs> we got to step up and say, okay, no, it's cool. I'm not going to blame you for your voting in fear. I get it. I voted in fear before. Um, right. And so we're just going to have to help you. We're just going to have to pick it up and well, say, let's and get those wages up. Let's get those health, that health care fixed. Yeah, well, that's the thing about the high road. If it was easy, everybody would walk it. That's the ticket. <laughs> but you've got, if you're going to stand in that place of moral superiority, you can't do it by looking down at somebody else. You've got to grab them and pull them up to you. I mean, okay. a lot of people voted, a lot of right. black folks voted for Bill Clinton, not knowing he was going to pass the 1996 crime bill. A lot and, of black and folks voted for Hillary Clinton after she supported the 1996 crime bill. Yeah. So, yes. So, yeah. yeah. So it's, <laughs> every time we say right. that, I just think of all the great things about Hillary and then we just focus on the one. But uh, anyway. The one. Not the one, but the few. I'm shifting the topic. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you, you've teased it all show long. Let's do it. And I love the stuff. What the hell you got to tell me about butter? Butter. This is a silly debate, <laughs> but this is what the internet does. Because right? I like butter. I love butter. And it's I, better than margarine. Margarine is, is poison. B- butter Definitely. and baked margarine is terrible for you. It's terrible. horrible. Yeah, it's partially hydrogenated vegetable oil, basically. My mom <laughs> thought it was like the healthy thing in the 70s. Everybody, yeah, we were all bought right? that. Yeah, we all bought that one. And it would right. have the little heart on the margarine. Yeah, tab. right. Yeah. They did come up with the newer versions that are obviously made of like uh, olive oil and stuff that are Sometimes more, I think still. back, like my mom was so cute, like in all the things she thought was healthy that she did for right. me and they're all terrible right. like like oh we're not gonna use butter we're gonna use margarine and right. then she'd be like drink your apple juice which is like just pure sugar but she, you know she thought juice was healthy and well i don't demonize sugar i think sugar's fine for you we do run everything on glucose ultimately so you guys sugar, and your sugar fear not sugar's sugar fine. is Pro- the natural heroin of death oh Pro- my god well, you guys have seen too many nope. documentaries processed process sugar's not good for you dude it's just not mm-mm <clears throat> you no. know, natural ca- natural cane pure, sugar. I consume as much pure cane sugar as I can. That's a different thing. I'm talking about Even that. my Mountain Dew. I buy my throwback Mountain Dew that has pure cane sugar. And you should see the look on Erica's face right You, you should read all the medical reports leaking um, Why would I sugar myself to like that? Alzheimer's <laughs> and dementia. Why would I scare myself like that? It's not to scare yourself. It's to change your habits and put things into your body that your body can use as fuel and brain power (laughs) like water yeah but (laughs) not mountain dew yeah yeah but but water not funyuns doesn't taste as good as water's not extreme erica mountain dew is extreme extreme you can like you know bungee jump with mountain dew Y'all just <laughs> so uh, it, Mountain Dew might be a sponsor, so we'll change our tack a little bit. But Erica won't be quite so uh, a hardcore about. Yeah, it, we but, can say um, Jeff Stein drinks Mountain Dew on the show and leave it at that. Yeah, just, when just, they're a just, sponsor, you can just remain silent during it. I love exactly. my Mountain Dew with pure cane sugar. I think it's absolutely First delicious. First of all, Mountain Dew does doesn't have good. pure cane sugar. And I'll sugar. go toe-to-toe it's with the anybody. The food coloring on. in it yeah, it's the alone. Mountain Dew throwback. No, How is it so green? The Mountain Dew throwback. Oh, I don't mind food oh, that's, coloring. That's radiation. Food coloring. <laughs> I'm it's okay radioactive. Food Natural food colorings are good. That's the radioactive <laughs> additive they put in there for the extra. <laughs> it's not extreme. made by Monsanto. It's just oh. pure cane sugar and plutonium and bubbles. It's delicious. 
So I'm so glad you're okay with butter, or else we would never be able to talk. Butter this. is awesome. So the great debate, and the okay. t- Twitter went crazy because that's what Twitter does. They right. talk about trivial things for way too much time. Okay. Of whether to leave butter out or refrigerate butter. This oh, okay. leave oh. it out! See? Yeah. See? Yes! It's a, it's a debate. Are they uh, on my side or I'm not? Gonna, well, I don't know. Let's get the debate first. You say leave out. Do you have an I opinion? I say leave Jeff it Hedrick? out. Um... On the I, countertop in the little cute butter dish. So that right. it's melty when you put it on. Yeah. Uh, right. right. Now, I grew up, as you did, in the, in the Central Valley of California, where it gets, you know, about May. It's you a get little warm. 100 degrees, and then that, you can't that leave cools it out, off then. until November. So that could so, have something to do with leave it out or put it in. Right. We really couldn't because you leave it out, and it's it literally liquefies. And that then okay, you, that's interesting. So that's why I... Grew up with the butter in the fridge because then it you would be. You could attacked. just have like it put it in a bowl with a little brush. <laughs> you, you could, you could. That's true. Yeah. Uh, so uh, what the, do you say, Stein? Out I'm or a in? Le- I'm a well, I'm a leave it out guy. But then my wife always buys the um, the, the whipped butter in the yeah. tub so that it's already kind of squishy, and right. then you don't have to leave it out. I know. You know I, I really like the bars left out. I do too. Okay. I don't All know right. why. Because I don't know what that's about. Because it's, it's Mayberry. Deal. Yeah, it's very Mayberry. <laughs> it's oh, awesome. It's old school. Yeah. No, it's beautiful. So the debate went on and on for all the obvious reasons you just described. Right. Okay. Because I, was, I want it spreadable. I hate frozen butter. Nobody likes a nobody likes a refrigerated butter on a piece of toast. It just sits there and makes a hole in the toast and yeah. all this stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's difficult. Okay, so the the experts weighed in because they got the experts okay. right. Butter at room temperature, which is around seventy degrees, as they said, is perfectly. It will go bad in a few days, but if you keep it in an airtight container, so that's it. Just put your little lid thing on. And you can leave it out, okay. and it goes for two weeks at least. Nice. Okay. Uh, in so the airtight container, and so the debate was like, okay, good. I can leave it out if I want to. I can put it in the fridge if I want to. <laughs> you know. See, I, I uh, since I don't, I only have. I'm, I'm, I'm a single person. I don't have a family to cook for. I buy <laughs> butter, and I'll freeze the other three cubes. Oh, see, there and you, go. you can freeze it, and it stays long. You know that way you don't feel this compulsion to burn through a pound of butter <laughs> before it goes bad. Yeah. Today's single man cooking tip comes from Jeff Andre. I'm telling you, uh, <laughs> freeze your butter and free. You can, um, you know, pre-freeze all sorts of stuff like melted butter with herbs in it, and then you got these little cube frozen cubes you just pop in the pan. Interesting. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah baby. Um, I got some skills of the kitchen, kids. You sure do. <laughs> He's dateable. <laughs> Highly dateable. You uh, know, another cute story that was going around a lot, you probably saw this one, is this uh, mother of two from South Carolina who the daughter, white uh, family, and the daughter bought the black African-American doll. Right, you right. Story. Great story. And the, the checker, it was at the Target, I guess, uh, and the checker says... Um, you know, do you want to? Was this the right? Was this the right doll for you? Because it was a black doll, and uh, the woman gave a puzzled look and turned to Sophie and asked, "Are you sure this is the doll you want, honey?" Sophia finally found her voice and said, "Yes, please." The cashier had replied, "But she doesn't look like you. We have lots of other dolls that look more like you." And Sophia said, "Right, right." Sophia said, "Little, how are you? Old? Let's see what she is. Three, four, Three or five. Four, right? She's pretty yeah. young." Uh, Sophia says, yes, she does. Looks like me. Yes, she does. She's a doctor like I'm a doctor, and I'm a pretty girl, and she's a pretty girl. Aww. See her pretty hair? And she has her t- stethoscope. Aww. Boom. Yeah, forget about it. See, that's- Forget about it. Forget about forget it. Forget about that's, it. That's, that's, that's what gives me hope when I hear yeah. all the other crazy stuff that's going on in the world is little kids- are not being taught racism. This is like another. This is now a second generation yeah, that just Carolina isn't getting too. that nonsense shoved in their heads, and they're just they're precious little kids. 
She's a doctor. I'm going to be a doctor. Of course it's the right she doll. She does look like me. Right. Not seeing that the skin was different. Right. Just you know, seeing she that looks it was like a little... She's got a stethoscope and she's pretty. Yeah. <laughs> and she's got big, huge, Done. squeezable cheeks like me. So right. there it is. It's really significant yeah. because for so long um, there weren't... Dolls with darker pigment for children. Um, And they didn't have any toys that physically looked like them. And, um, and children, you know, usually don't see how they're different until they get to that age. And right. then then they would start interpreting, uh, you know, children of color that there was something wrong with them because that they didn't look like, you know, what everything was in on the doll rack and in the television and in the movies. And so it's it's the reversal here is significant. Yeah. It's a great story. Yeah. I mean, this is where we are. It, it's very encouraging. You just got to look for it. So I guess that's the, 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 the final moment of the show is just to remember, just it's all about your lens. You know, you heard a little bit on the show today, <laughs> but um, we're all going to have to come together. We're all going to be one big community, religious or otherwise, well, racial or otherwise. You, you, yeah, you split open the human genome and there's way more that that unites us than divides yeah. us. I mean, honestly. Yeah. We're all just people. All right. So, all right, then. Thank you, people. Thank <laughs> you Love for y'all. listening. Love Thanks. you all. We'll see you next time on Jeff's World. This has been Jeff's World, the social, political, pop cultural discussion show that looks at life through the rose-colored eyes of the almost criminally optimistic Jeff Stein.